The Brightwall Podcast Christmas Special. The Christmas that almost wasn't, but then was. The Brightwall Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. If you would like to help out production, go to patreon.com slash empty square to become an official backer. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen. Something, something, blah, blah, blah. Who the hell is Stephen? Oh gosh, you think I'd be good at untangling lights by now, but I can never. Hmm? Oh, hi! I didn't hear you come in! Which is pretty impressive. Did you see how many locks I have on that door? This place is nuts. No one should live here. How did you even get through it all? Ah, it's a moot point anyway. Come on in, have a seat. Can I get you something to drink? We have cocoa, cider, hot buttered rum, antimatter, all the colors of the rainbow, you name it. <sighs> you know I've always loved this time of year. Christmas is just one of those holidays that transforms the world around you, you know? The lights and the decorations, the snow on the ground, depending on where you live and how far climate change has progressed. <laughs> oh, the world is in serious trouble. I don't know why I'm laughing. Anyway, the fact that we can all put aside our differences and celebrate together always appealed to me. Even if you don't celebrate Christmas, we can all appreciate it, right? I don't think any other time on the calendar can do that. I mean, really think about it. When's the last time you truly gave a fuck about Arbor Day? <laughs> I know, right? Me either. I was a little bit worried, though, when I first moved to Brightwall. There's so much mystery and intrigue and supernatural goings-on that I thought maybe there would be no time for Christmas. Perhaps the town felt that there was no need for all the frivolity, and perhaps Brightwall just wasn't a Christmas kind of town. And boy, <laughs> was I right. Seriously, things might have settled down for this year, well, as much as they can in Brightwall. But my first year here, it was a chore. <laughs> That's for sure. What's that? I never told you about this story? Well, that's impossible. I literally never shut up. Well, it's quite the tale. So, why don't you put your feet up? Settle down under a blanket by the Christmas tree lights? Sip some cocoa by the fire and grab a loved one. And I'll tell you all about it. It's a story I like to call... The Christmas that almost wasn't, but then was. Titles are hard. Keep drinking the cocoa. There's enough whiskey in there to kill a horse. Anyway, like I said, I'd always loved Christmas. So I had a tree inside my little motel room on December 1st as soon as humanly possible. It was a little LED tree I bought several years ago and carried with me every time I moved. It reminded me of home. So this little room is decked out in reds and greens and lights of all kind. So many silver and gold baubles hung up on the tree. I even had a couple of stockings hung up. It was amazing and horribly gaudy, I'll, I'll admit. But Christmas is supposed to be, right? So I'm all decorated. I got my girl Mariah blasting through the speakers. I had the worst Christmas sweater on God's green earth on. Seriously, it had a three-dimensional Christmas box, and it, like, stuck out four to five inches. It was a pain in the ass. I was ready. I open the door wide, ready to greet the new Christmas season, and my eyes are met with... Not a damn thing. It was just the regular old town I had seen a million times. 
No one else was decorated or had a song in their hearts. Not a single strand of tinsel in the world. And look, I get it. Maybe it was kind of early and I'm a little auspicious in my holiday celebrations, but you'd think there'd be something. Anyway, I brush it off and continue down my merry way through the town without a care in the world. I walked down the main street of the town, about ten minutes away, and I waved and smiled at everybody I met. I would say, Merry Christmas, and they would look at me like I gutted a porpoise in front of them. So, you know, a pretty normal day, to be honest. I walked into the coffee shop to get my morning cup of plain black coffee, because that's all they sell, because that's all anybody here drinks. I exchanged money with the barista, and she gave me my coffee, and then I said, Merry Christmas, and she said, What? And I said, Merry Christmas. And she said, I don't... I'm... What? Christmas. It's December. Jingle bells and deck them halls and all that stuff. Is this a prank show? You know, Santa Claus and Ho 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 and Mistletoe and presents to pretty girls. Oh, she said. I'm sorry, this is like a religious hookup thing. I'm not interested. I... Well, now I'm embarrassed and confused. I sheepishly left the coffee shop and sat down at one of the tables on the patio. I'm sure that was nothing, right? Maybe she's from one of those countries that doesn't celebrate Christmas, like Tunisia or Yemen or Sweden. I don't know. There's been crazier things to happen in this town, so I tried to let it go. But seriously, who hasn't even heard of Christmas before? Surely she's just mocking me because of my kick-ass sweater. I decided to take the issue elsewhere and get a bigger sample size. So I began to walk the streets again, coffee in hand, and occasionally stopping people with some sort of conversation. A comment about their shoes, how nice a day it is, how about last week's episode of The Masked Singer. And I would end every small conversation with a Merry Christmas. And I got blanked every single time. Not one single soul knew what I was talking about. And it was like all of a sudden I started speaking Swahili. Now, at this point, I had been in Brightwall for quite some time, and I had gotten used to the people pretty well. I figured this was just a one-day thing, and tomorrow would be the day that Christmas started. This place is weird like that, and it's not a problem. I took the walk home and played Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on repeat until I fell asleep. Which, have you watched that special before? Like, really, really watched it? I mean, Santa's a dick, literally the whole time. And not just to Rudolph because we all know about that, but after Santa's elves sing their little song about being Santa's elves that they've apparently been working on for a while, what does Santa say? Ah, needs work, I have to go. Like, look here, you little chubby bitch. Those guys worked hard on that song specifically for you. I know it's a stressful time for you, it being the only day of the year you actually have to work, but a little decorum would be nice. Also, at one point, Herbie the dentist elf straight up rips all the teeth out of the abominable snowman. As a kid, I always assumed, like, the snowman had a toothache and that's why he was being mean or something like that. But no, little elf bro takes a pair of pliers and straight up yanks every tooth out of that giant thing's head. Which, I mean, yeah, he's dangerous, but slow down, little man. It's Christmas and he's going to have to chew at some point. I'd make more points, but I fell dead asleep by about the 14th or 15th repetition and couldn't take any more notes. When all of a sudden there arose such a clatter. I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the doorway I flew in a flash to find the person who woke me and settle his hash. I opened the door ready to commit arson 
when standing in the door was the tiniest of persons. Can I help you? I asked, and to that he replied, Oh, sweet Jesus Christ, we're all gonna die! To what, I must ask, will kill us this year? I can't help but notice your eyes full of fear. The little man spoke with intense acumen. I'm on the run from my home, and it's evil patrolmen. You see, I'm an elf from the North Pole I fled. Santa's been lost, and we fear he is dead. Christmas won't come here or anywhere else. Christmas won't come here or anywhere else. Until till we can find Santa Claus and verify his health. Okay, calm yourself. I can see this is an issue. But am I the right person? Call the ACLU. Oh no, you're the right person to find us the answer. Your show led us to you, I was told by my waxer. Santa is gone and Christmas is at stake. Please help us locate him or the hearts of the children will break. All right, let me think, I said we'll break. All right, let me think, I said and sat down. Let me think this thing through. Give me the breakdown. Santa stepped out and you think he's now dead. What gave you that idea? Was it something they said? The elf went too quiet and looked up into my eyes. He began to speak quietly of Santa's demise. Someone else took his place, an evil, sick presence. Someone who's happy with others' malfeasance. Someone who corrupts and conquers the mind. A being who's evil, unpleasant, unkind. Their final goal, or so it does seem, is to erase Christmas and the joy that it brings. If Santa's not here, then surely they'll win. So for Christ's sake, Andrew Cooper, let the mystery begin. I sat and I pondered for a good minute or so. Muddled over my options and stood up with gusto. Okay. I sat and I pondered for a good minute or so. Muddled over my options and stood up with gusto. Okay, little one, this mystery I'll solve. I mean, it's a quest to save Christmas. Of course I'm involved. To the North Pole we'll go and Santa will save. For the children and families whose sadness will wave. I have but one request and that's all I will ask. Can I stop with the rhyming? It's a pain in the ass. Sure, the elf, the elf said. The gimmick is wearing thin anyway. So how do we get the North Pole anyway, I asked. From my research on the subject, I imagine there's some sort of polar express, complete with hot chocolate, candy canes, and a terrifying CGI Tom Hanks. Unfortunately, no, said the elf. It's still pretty simple. All we need is a person whose heart is pure, a little elvish magic, and a blood sacrifice. Wait, what, really? Wait, what, really? No, of course not. I just thought I'd lighten the mood a little bit. Follow me. So follow him I did. Now here's the things about Santa's elves that I didn't know and none of the Christmas specials ever told me. The way that elves get to and from the North Pole hurts like hell if you're over four feet tall. According to the elf, the side effects could include headache, nosebleeds, dizziness, constipation, dry mouth, teeth itch, muffin topping, redundancy, testicular inversion, toe jam, redundancy, major blindness, permanent loss of brain function, permanent taste of blood in your mouth, and redundancy. And include they did. But you can't beat that travel time of literally instant. When we came out to the other side, there were two things immediately obvious. One, it was so ridiculously cold that it felt like God was smiting us for our sins. And two, Santa's workshop was under serious attack. Now, I had never seen the actual Santa's workshop in the flesh before, but just seeing it as it was felt wrong. You could see where the lights and the colors and the trees and the ornaments should be, but it was just dark and bare and empty. Like the way your house looks once you take all the decorations down in late March. It was wrong. I asked how long it had been like this. Too long, he said. He said. Six or seven months at least. Where's everyone else? Are they okay? They threw us all in cages earlier in the year. I can only tell you where they are. As he spoke, we heard an alarm go off. Like a warning siren before a tornado. Is that new too? I asked. No. He said. That's the danger warning. We are in the North Pole. These things happen. And then the ground- And then the ground began to rumble like an earthquake. Then a terrible cracking sound miles away- but it felt so large and it was right beside us. Even though it was already nighttime, the world got darker somehow and immediately I felt worse. 
like the darkness had pierced right through my soul, like I'd never be happy again. The first thing that hit me was how much I didn't want to be here. But it was a different kind of want-to-go-home feeling that usually happens to me when this kind of weird shit goes down. It was more of a complete apathy, like I didn't care what happened to anything or anybody or even myself. Christmas was the furthest thing from my mind. This giant, inescapable cloud literally sucked all the joy from the atmosphere. I don't suppose that's normal, is it? I asked. And he kind of gave me a sad look which told me all I needed to know. This was oppressive. Can you show me where everyone's chained up? He nodded and I followed him, slow and low to the ground. After the darkness wave subsided, we noted that the place looked less like a holly jolly house of joy and more like Guantanamo Bay. Giant fences wrapped in barbed wire, searchlights, watchtowers, the works. Getting in was going to be tricky. Hell, it was going to be impossible. He told me the big elfish prison was underground with a tiny staircase leading to it, surrounded by armed Christmas guards. Which are just like normal guards, but with a sharpened candy cane for weapons. Which, yeah, is scary and you don't want to get in their way, but it's also kind of adorable, so... All of the guards looked dark, demonic, and spiky. Like all of evil conglomerated into a physical form. Anyway, we snuck our way down to the outside of the prison and formed a plan. We needed one of us to distract the guards long enough so that the other could get down the stairs and free everybody to get enough of the elves to take back the workshop. I volunteered the elf to be the distraction, but he demanded I do it because I had longer legs and I could run faster. I tried to debate my point, but you ever try staying mad at one of Santa's elves? Shit don't happen like that. So off I went into position. I told him to wait for the signal so he knows everything was clear. Now I fancy myself an intelligent man with an eye for detail and strategy. So over the course of those couple of seconds, I thought of several ways to get their attention and make sure everybody got out safe and sound. But I landed on running in front of them while yelling, Look at me! I'm a target! Really loud. And in my defense, it works. Remember, kids, a real man knows when it's time to run like a little bitch. I hauled off in the direction that the elves were not and hoped for the best. I ran for about ten minutes until I could hear the pursuers fade back. And then I was on my own. I knew my mission find Santa, and bring him back to power. Here's the issue with that. I had no idea where he even might be. The elf didn't tell me, and it could be assumed he didn't even know to start with. Things felt a little bit hopeless. I sat down for a bit to try to catch my breath, and then stood up immediately because the ground was frozen solid and snowy. And I just started walking. The world was so quiet in the snow. Outside of the crunches of my footsteps every time my shoe hit the ground, and the howl of the wind around me. I looked up into the sky as I walked. I looked up to the sky as I walked because I figured the stars would give me something to travel by. And it did. One shone bright and glittering. Way beyond what the others did. A star of wonder. A star of night. A star of royal beauty bright. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly and with great joy. I followed it because what else is there to do? And hell, it worked before for other people, right? So off I went, now with a purpose. It took maybe a half hour of walking in the frigid cold temperatures before I came upon literally anything. It was a small cabin in the snow. Inside a giant clearing, cold and dark, looking as though no one had been there in a decade. It might not be what I was looking for, but the inside looked less cold than this. So I went for it. The door wasn't even locked. Inside was fairly empty, only a bed, an empty fireplace, and a wooden chair placed up against the wall next to a stack of wood. I went over to the fireplace and threw a log or two on there and tried to get a fire going. 
Something that sounds so much easier than it really is. I figured with how many episodes of Survivor I've seen in my life, I could figure it out. But it was like a solid 15 minutes of putzing around. But the fire did eventually light and the warmth started to fill the room. I can't tell you why, but the room felt so much different in the light. It felt homey. It felt comfortable and safe. I could have stayed there all night, and honestly, that was kind of the plan, until I checked the chair against the wall again. It was empty when I first walked in. I'm sure of it. I was sure of it. There was nothing there when I first opened the door, but wouldn't you know it? Now that the fire was lit and the world was warm, sitting on the chair was a single red hat, complete with a tiny white puff sitting on its end. There's no way, I thought. It can't possibly be. There's millions of these hats in the world. The dollar store sells them, for God's sake. It's just a coincidence. But as I picked it up, I felt electric. A power and euphoria filled my body. This felt unnatural, but I felt for the first time as though I could help. I felt like I could kick down the door of the workshop and take that thing back single-handedly. As I picked the hat off the chair, a slip of paper fell out of the opening. I picked it up with a trembling hand. It was a note, and to this day, the most useful piece of advice I'd ever gotten. It said, when you're ready, you'll know. I was ready. I put the hat square on my head and was pulled by some invisible and possibly strong force backwards. It felt like I was shot out of a cannon into the workshop. I was stood in the dead center, middle of the shop floor, surrounded by guards, complete with weapons, and someone who looked like he was in charge at the top of the stairs. Uh, Merry Christmas? I said. Let's eat him. So I did the manly thing and curled up into a fetal position and waited for my inevitable death. When the doors cracked open and thousands of tiny voices rang out. Elves. Elves were everywhere. Jolly green and red elves with jingling hats and pointy shoes. And they were pissed. Now this being a Christmas episode, I don't want to get into quite how enthusiastic the elves were taking back their home. But needless to say, things were swift and violent. And evil creatures who took over the North Pole are actually filled with maple syrup. There were bits of candy everywhere. But the problem is, they wouldn't stop coming. These creatures seemed to feed off the hopelessness of the situation and continued to multiply. A spear made out of candy cane can only stab so many things before it outlives its usefulness. If we wanted to end this, we would have to take out the big guy at the top. I ran outside after throwing an elf into a group of seven bad guys like a bowling ball and began to call for the darkness. I called it every name in the book. I swore, yelled, kicked, moaned, until I felt the earth began to shake again. He was losing, and he knew it. The ice cracked around us, and the giant behemoth creature rose from the water and ice. What I assumed was his big-ass head turned his way towards me and started moving. This giant amorphous shape cracking through ice that was several feet thick. dares defy me. Your soul is forfeit. What's your angle here, man? What possible reason could you have for deleting Christmas like this? We feed on despair. We feed on hatred. We loathe the joy and happiness Christmas brings. No more Christmas. No more joy. No more happiness. Wait, is that how you think this whole thing works? Explain. Oh, you poor dumb bastard. Christmas doesn't make the joy and happiness. 
because it's a reason to bring it out of everybody and to celebrate it. Christmas is just a day on the calendar, man. Like, May 19th or National Secretary's Assistance Day. No, the joy and happiness comes from the people you're with. The memories you share. The love and respect you have for each other. That kind of thing can sustain you. Showing you that even in the darkest and coldest of moments, there's brightness and goodness to be had. I don't love Christmas because of the lights or the toys or the television specials. I like those things, of course I do, but at the core they're just kind of a bonus. A bow on the top of a present, if you will. No, we love Christmas because of the memories. I love it because of the memories I have with my friends and my family. Seeing good people do good things for each other. Seeing the world come together for a good cause, even in the most trying of times. When the world feels like it's never been more separated. You can't take that away by taking out a holiday. Those kinds of things stick with you forever. It's ingrained in your being. Christmas reminds us that... Christmas reminds us of that. Christmas is a part of us. Christmas isn't a day, it's a state of mind. So you can take your big-ass shadow body with your weird-ass shadow creatures and find someplace else to ruin. Because while we don't need Christmas to remind us of all the good times, we're damn well gonna protect it. Now, I don't know how well eggnog is gonna work as a Molotov cocktail, but you and I are about to find out together. And just as I was about to throw that thing as hard as I could, we were all struck immensely with a feeling of good. When what do my wandering eyes did appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called out their name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. He streaked through the air quick as the flash, and into the creatures he flew with a thunderous crash. His power and righteousness closed like a fist, and through the darkness he went leaving nothing but mist. The creatures did fall, to the ground did he lay. His minions disappeared, it was their evil doomsday. With my own eyes I saw it, it's honest and true. It's the God's honest truth or my name isn't Andrew. I learned a lesson that day amongst the special of Oz. Don't try and kill Christmas, cause no one fucks with Santa Claus. Now I know what you're thinking. Come on, Andrew. Mud men, alternate dimensions, secret societies I buy. But do you really expect me to believe that you met Santa Claus and he killed a giant Lovecraftian demon? And I'll tell you what I tell everyone else who asks me that question. Quit asking so many goddamn questions or I'll sick the dogs on you. Besides, you've been with me so far. Who's to say what is and isn't real? Anyway, I hope you enjoyed our little Christmas detour for the holiday season. It was nice to just sit down and chat like this with nothing immediately trying to kill me and eat my face. So, thanks for being on this little adventure with us this year. Trust me, there's plenty more on the way. And it's all possible because of you. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. And have a Merry Christmas. A Happy Hanukkah, a Quasi Kwanzaa, a Tip Top Tet, and a Solemn and Dignified Ramadan. This concludes our broadcast day.